Our theme today is prepare yourself for the best year of your life. Prepare yourself for the best year of your life. I shared part one of this message just a week ago in the service, and now we come to part two today. The truths for preparing ourselves for the best year of our life come from 2 Timothy chapter four, if you wanna turn to it. 2 Timothy chapter four, verses nine to 18. The year was around 66 or 67 AD, and the Apostle Paul found himself in a cold prison in the city of Rome. It was a tough time for him. Sadly, Paul was facing death. The Apostle Paul was convicted as a follower of Jesus of Nazareth. Many, or at least some people, had accused him of wrongdoing, which did not happen. But nevertheless, he was uh, put in prison and he was scheduled to be executed under Emperor Nero in the days ahead. In this part of our Holy Bible, which we call 2 Timothy, or the second letter of Timothy, the Apostle Paul wrote his final thoughts to dear Timothy, a young man, a young pastor that he had trained, that he had mentored, and he passed on to him the torch of leadership, reminding him of what was really important and encouraging him in the faith. And so, turn please now to 2 Timothy chapter four and let's hear the word of the Lord beginning at verse nine. And earlier in church it was so wonderful to hear from our dear sister Lurleen Walker as she read the other portion of scripture. In 2 Timothy chapter four verse nine we read, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Also, bring my books, especially my papers. Some of your translations there say, bring my parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. What a spirit, eh? Verse 17. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Men, amen. All right, in uh, the first part of this message, we uncovered the following truths. And there is a summary, there's a summary of that message on a pink sheet in your bulletin for those of you who want to review it a little bit later. But we said in, in part one that uh, in preparing ourselves for the best year of, of life, we said we can find strength, help, and comfort from your friendships, amen? 
Find strength, help, and comfort from your friendships, which is a reminder to us throughout this year, let each one build a friendship. Build at least one good friendship, preferably more. And then we also said, get over people who let you down. Get over people who let you down. In the Bible account that we read, Paul said, Demas has deserted me. Or I believe the King James Version says, Demas hath forsaken me. Paul had to get over that. That hurt, that hurt. Then we further said in part one, be willing to give people a second chance and more. And we uncovered the fact that on a previous occasion, Paul had been extremely disappointed with which person? Mark, that's right, John Mark. Paul had been very disgusted, disappointed with Mark because Mark had joined him on a previous missionary journey and in the middle of uh, the mission, Mark abandoned, abandoned him. We're not told exactly why. Maybe he got homesick. Maybe the going was just too tough for him, whatever the case might have been. But uh, in these last verses, Paul says, bring Mark which is a reminder to us, a lesson in the fact that Paul gave Mark a second chance. And it's important for all of us to learn to give people a second chance, a third chance, and more. And this contributes to you and me having the best year of life. Amen? And then we also said, cherish the Holy Bible. Cherish the Holy Bible. This came out of verse 13. Where, where Paul says, bring me my books and especially my papers, or some of the, some of the translations say, bring, bring my, my uh, parchments. And essentially, he was really asking for materials uh, that consisted of parts of the Old Testament and some of the initial versions of the New Testament, the Gospels most likely. All right? And just before uh, I continue on, I just want to make sure... Is the temperature in the sanctuary okay for you? It's okay? Okay. Just uh, for the sake of those right at the back, uh, Michael, can you maybe close w one door on each side just, just to make sure the folks at the back don't get cool? I mean, yeah, don't get too cool down. All right? Good. Thank you. So now we come to part two. Now, oh, by the way, Weren't these truths wonderful, helpful truths to begin with? All right? Thank you, Pastor Lisa. Thank you. If Pastor Lisa says something's good, it's good. Period. Amen. <laughs> she is not a doctor for nothing. <laughs> Amen. All right, sweetie. So now we move on. We move on to some additional truths that I believe as you and I give ourselves to these truths can further help us to, to have the best year of your life. So here we are, and here we go. Number one for this second part is this. Be a Luke. Be a Luke. This will help you to have the greatest year of life. Be a Luke, verse 11 says, only Luke is with me. What I need for you to understand is that the Apostle Paul had a great appreciation for Luke. And here is why. 
All right? For those of you who might be making notes, A. Luke symbolizes loyalty, faithfulness, dependability, and devotion. All these words are obviously closely connected. Luke was a, a very loyal, faithful, dependable, devoted gentleman, devoted to Jesus and to the Apostle Paul. We do not know if Luke was always with Paul on his missionary endeavors, but for sure Luke was often with Paul. He was often with Paul, as we discover from reading different parts of the New Testament. My friends, I want to invite you, I want to invite you to let Luke's example inspire you, inspire all of us, encourage all of us to be loyal, faithful, dependable, and wholeheartedly devoted to Jesus. Are you? Are you? Are you on this side of the sanctuary? Are you up there in the balcony? Radio listeners, are you wholeheartedly devoted to our Lord Jesus Christ? Luke was. And may his example inspire each one of us to be the same. I, I invite you to also let Luke's example inspire you to show beautiful, marvelous loyalty, loyalty, faithfulness, wholehearted devotion to people in your life. Show this kind of wonderful wholehearted devotion, faithfulness, loyalty to, to your wife, to your wife. Women, is there an amen in the house? It's weak, it's weak. <laughs> Show this kind of devotion to your, to your husband, men. <laughs> that's pathetic, men, that's pathetic. <laughs> Show this kind of love, devotion, commitment, faithfulness, to your children, to your father, to your mother, to your friends, your church, your church, your job. You know, as I speak these words, it just hit me. You know, we had Sister Lurleen Walker read the scripture earlier, and, and uh, many times, many times, I've been blessed as I've reflected upon the, the wonderful faithfulness and dependability and devotion that her children and her family has shown to you. I call her the queen, the queen of the, the clan because she, uh, she, she's just so much loved, so much appreciated by, by her whole family. Praise God, amen? And that's the way it should be, amen. Furthermore, furthermore, point B, Luke symbolizes kindness and a willingness to use your abilities to help people. Amen? In uh, Colossians 4, 14, the Apostle Paul refers to Luke as the beloved doctor. Or in some translations it says the beloved physician. That's, that's Luke. The Apostle Paul, as some of you know, had some kind of a health problem which he refers to as his thorn in the flesh. Talks about the thorn in the flesh. 
And we are not told, we you don't know, no, we, we're not told what Paul's medical problem was, but Luke must have been a doctor who used his skill to ease his pain and enable Paul to go on despite the thorn in the flesh. Luke used his abilities as a doctor to help Paul and no doubt many other people. Now obviously most of us here are not medical doctors, but God has entrusted all of us. He has entrusted all of us with some kind of abilities, big or small. He has. And out of kindness, out of kindness, I invite you to use your abilities throughout this year to help people, to help people, and in doing so, it will contribute to you having the best year of your life. Amen? Amen. As we further reflect upon Luke's life, we discover point C. Luke symbolizes dedication to the Lord's work. Yes, indeed. In uh, another part of the Bible, in Philemon, verse 24, the Apostle Paul refers to him as his, his co-worker, that's the New Living Translation, or fellow laborer, fellow laborer. One commentator that I was reading said, uh, said this. He said, Luke was not content only to write because uh, Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and the Acts, Acts of the Apostles in our Holy Bible. This commentator says, Luke was not content only to write nor to confine himself to his job as a doctor. He set his hand to the work, this scholar says. He says, he says, the church is full of talkers and of people who are there more for what they can get than for what they can give. Luke was one of those priceless people, the workers of the church. Wow, wow. My friends, may Luke inspire you and me to be a worker for the Lord and not just an observer. Right on? Be a Luke in the ways we have spoken of and it will help you to have the best year of your life. Amen. Amen. All right. So, be a Luke. Uh, by the way, I've been a little bit surprised actually to find that more, more people have not named their child Luke in this, uh, in this decade. Uh, do we have some Lukes here today? Put your hand up. Are there some Lukes? Yes, 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 Brother Luke there. But yes, indeed, yes. But it is such a lovely name and uh, such a wonderful. Yes, Pastor Lucas. <laughs> Pastor Lucas, sir. <laughs> All right. But I'm just saying I'm a little surprised that uh, we don't have dozens, you know, I, anyway, well, if my, if my kids have uh, half a dozen kids, uh, maybe they can consider Luke. All right? Moving on. Here is a second truth that can help prepare us for the best year of your life. Second truth is this. Why don't you read it with me from the big screen, okay? All of you are good readers. 
Stay away from people who will cause you trouble, unnecessary problems, or will hurt you. And this, this comes from verses 14 and 15 where we read in unison, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. Now Alexander the coppersmith was a man who hindered instead of helping. By the way, do you help or do you hinder? Do you help or do you hinder? Uh, a coppersmith, for those of you who are wondering, a coppersmith was a person who makes things out of what? Out of copper. And Paul says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. Now, we do not know exactly what Alexander the coppersmith did. Uh, it's possible that Alexander went to the authorities with false, false information against Paul, asking or seeking to ruin him in the most dishonorable way. One Bible scholar I was reading, Dr. Homer Kent, says, we must infer that Alexander was an opponent of the gospel and of Paul personally on many previous occasions. The reference to Alexander the coppersmith, I would say, is a lesson for all of us as much as possible to stay away from people who will cause you trouble, unnecessary problems, or will plain, plain hurt you for whatever reasons. Over the years, I've, I've heard different people say things like this. I'm sure you've heard people say this too. I've heard people say things like, uh, well, I, I, I got into trouble with the law because I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. You've heard that, haven't you? Yes. Whether you are a teenager or an adult, simple fact is, stay away from people who will cause you trouble or unnecessary problems. It's a no-brainer. If you are a married man or a married woman, it is possible that you might meet someone at work or somewhere else with, with whom you have incredible chemistry or whatever you might want to call it, right? If that happens, you, you, have, to, you have to look at, at the ring, look at the ring on your finger, remind yourself that you are married and make a decision to stay away from that person who will cause you trouble, unnecessary problems, and in the end will hurt you and your family. Amen? Amen? Brilliant preaching, Pastor Nick. Wonderful preaching, Pastor Nick. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, whether anyone else realizes it or not. <laughs> now, a lot of people spend money or spend many hours and money sometimes, a lot of people spend many hours on their computer, on the internet, or using other devices, communicating with people all over the world. Now please be aware that oftentimes communication that starts off 
in a very innocent, appropriate way can eventually end up causing you trouble and unnecessary problems. Keep in mind that the person you think you are communicating with over the internet may not really be the person he or she pretends to be. Amen? And here is something I cannot understand. If any of you can explain this to me with your great brain after church, you talk to me, all right? Or phone me through the week. But here is something I cannot understand. The very people, the very people who will not even say hello to someone in church, or the very people who will not say hi to someone in the grocery store or on the elevator will go on the internet and spill their guts out to a total stranger and sometimes even send inappropriate pictures of themselves to, 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 to Loverboy, which Loverboy, uh, in the end, can use to blackmail him or her. Right? You know, I, I don't understand. I don't understand how and why some people can do that. All right. So ha have your mind now move away from what I just said about the internet issue. Those of you who really know, those of you who really know me, know that normally I look for the good. I really do. I look for the good in every person because everyone has a lot of good in them. But sadly, sadly, we are repeatedly reminded that there are some very evil people in our world. This week, most of you know, Chicago police arrested four 18-year-old teenagers, two men and two women, in connection with a Facebook Live video showing showing the, the four of them beating and cutting up a teen who appeared bound and gagged as they shouted obscenities at him. Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson called the video a brutal act that was broadcast for the entire world to see. He said the victim had mental health challenges and here they were taking advantage of him and laughing and doing all kinds of terrible things to him for their so-called enjoyment. This week as well, most of you know, a 26-year-old man flew from Alaska to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Upon picking up his luggage, he pulled out a 9-millimeter semi-automatic handgun and started shooting at random in the Fort Lauderdale baggage pickup area. Many of us here probably have been in the Fort Lauderdale um, area, in the Fort Lauderdale airport, in that very same location, because a lot of us here have traveled to Florida for a lot of different reasons, right? And uh, the sad truth is, according to the, the news report, he killed at least five people. There's some that are still barely surviving in hospitals. He killed five people and injured at least eight others. Another three dozen people were taken to local hospitals with bruises or broken bones suffered in the chaos as passengers fled. 
The shooter, the shooter told the police he had planned the attack and had bought a one-way ticket from Alaska to Fort Lauderdale. And people trying to live their lives and enjoy the weekend were senselessly murdered. What am I saying? Sadly, there is a lot of wickedness around. Psalm 7, verse 14 says this. It says, The wicked conceive evil, they are pregnant with trouble, and give birth to lies. The wicked conceive evil, they are pregnant with trouble, and give birth to lies. My friends, obviously you and I do not always know what is, what is seriously it, wicked or who is seriously wicked but if you do know, if you do know, stay away from that person. And if at all possible, try, try to get appropriate help for that person. All right? And I appreciate how sometimes you and the church family here will talk to me and say, you know, Pastor Nick, I just wonder if there's some help, special help that we can get for a particular person, this person or that person, because they seem to have a special need. Amen? All right. My friends, when someone has caused you trouble, unnecessary problems, or has hurt you in some other way, you might be tempted to strike back, to strike back and get even. Notice what Paul did. Verse 14 says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. In other words, Paul left Alexander the coppersmith in God's hands, and so should you and I. Amen? Deuteronomy 32, verse 35 says this. It says, I, the Lord, will take revenge. I will pay them back. Does someone especially maybe need to hear this truth today? Someone in the sanctuary? Someone listening by radio or on the internet? Amen? All right. We're preparing ourselves for the best year of life. Here's a third truth that I believe can help prepare you for the best year of your life. The third truth is this. Read it out loud with me from the big screen. Give family and friends proper support during their tough time. This came to my mind out of verse 16 in unison together, which says, the first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. What verse 16 is telling us is that there was a preliminary court hearing with a judge. And sadly, Paul says, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. This reference might mean that men of influence whose testimony could have helped Paul's case did not show up in court, although he had asked them to. I believe also that none of, it, none of his friends and fellow believers showed up in court for moral support either. Why didn't they? 
We're not told, probably because of fear, probably because maybe they were afraid they would be accused like Paul was accused. Um, if you're wondering as to why Luke didn't go to court with them, it's probable that Luke, that Luke may not have arrived in Rome in time when the first court hearing was held. And so in, uh, in Luke's case, I'm sure, I'm sure that, that uh, he would have gone to court with Paul if, if he had been in Rome at that time. The bottom line is, Paul felt abandoned and was very hurt, very hurt emotionally. But notice, notice how Paul did not become vengeful. The last part of verse 16 says, may it not be counted against them. Isn't that incredible? Come on now, come on. Thaw out, thaw out. He says, may it not be counted against them. That, that's incredible. My friends, when you do give support to someone at a challenging time in their life, remember, remember to give your full support. Here's what I mean. An accountant who specialized in tax preparations, an accountant was overheard as he was leaving his client at the entrance to the Internal Revenue Service Office, IRS, and the accountant said, um, as your tax consultant, I said in case of an audit, I would go with you, I would go with you to the Internal Revenue Service office. However, I never said anything about going in with you. <laughs> I just said I'd go with you. I didn't say I'd go in the office with you. All right, when you give support in a challenging time, uh, give your full support, right? The fact, the fact that the Apostle Paul didn't get the kind of support he wished he had at court leads me to say this. Give family and friends proper support during their tough times. Now, sometimes a tough time might be, well, all kinds of things. Here are a few. It can be a, a court situation or illness, surgery, financial crises, loss of a job or a denied promotion which someone expected, failure of a course at school. But by the way, this matter of failure of a course at school. Now, some of you, some of you, if you ever failed a course or you didn't do well, some of you, I learned, you know, it wasn't a big deal. But to some people, if a person doesn't do well in a course or gets a bad test or a bad exam, man, it can be devastating. I mean, how many, for how many of you was it devastating if you, you didn't get a good grade? Can you just put your hand up? Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand. I remember, I think it was grade nine. Grade nine, and I, I did a biology exam, and, and man, after I finished, I said, wow, I'm sure I got, I got 96%. I only got that one question wrong, and I, I, I thought, you know, I, I got 96% for sure, 96%. Yes, 96%. I'm looking forward to that 96%. A few days later, the teacher hands it back, and 
What? What happened here? 82%. 82%. Broke my heart. Broke my heart. And then I discovered the only reason I got 82% was because I misunderstood a question. The question wasn't clear. It wasn't my fault even. <laughs> to this day, it wasn't my fault. Teacher didn't make the question clear. I thought the teacher was asking one thing and I, you know, gave a, an answer that teacher wasn't looking for. You've had that happen, haven't you? Anyway, sometimes the tough time can be a failure of a course at school or a failure of a, of a driving test, failure of a driving test. If ever you've, you know, you've taken a driving test here in Ontario and the, the first time or the second time or the fifth time you didn't pass, hey, you needed some moral support from family, friends, right? Or the truth is you, you tried to hide, not even tell them you were going for a test <laughs> after the third time, Right? And then, of course, you know, we need moral support when there's a death in the family or, or loss of a boyfriend or girlfriend. Loss. Hey, uh, over the years, I remember some of you, some of you who, uh, you know, some of you whose boyfriend dropped you or girlfriend dropped you. I mean, you were crushed. You were crushed. Don't pretend you weren't because you shed tears in my office. <laughs> right? I was able to mop the floor with your tears. <laughs> it hurt, it hurt. And to some of you I said, listen, I know, I know this is agonizing, but trust me, in a year, in a year, you'll be open to another relationship. No, I won't be, Pastor Nick, no, I won't be. No, no, I can't get over her, I can't get over him. I said, can you just hold on, just hold on, just trust me, trust me, do you trust me? Well, yes, I don't know if I can trust you on this one. A couple years later, you found the love of your life. You, you got married. Since then, you've had 20 kids. <laughs> Not exactly, but anyway, all right. Sometimes the tough time might be a variety of other situations, uh, un, an unfortunate marriage breakup or a fire or other heartaches, and you could add to this list. And all I'm saying, my friends, is there's a need for us to provide moral, emotional support, sometimes financial support, all kinds of situations. In fact, I, I want to commend, are you listening now? Are you listening? Are you listening? Thank you. I want to commend many of you for the wonderful ways in which you do show support to family and friends during their tough times. I mean this sincerely. Recently, one of our ladies, Jacqueline, was telling me of the incredible help her husband, Ernie, has been during her illness and her road to healing and recovery. I was at their home and she was just telling me beautifully of, of what an incredible blessing and help her husband, Ernie, has been. Praise the Lord. This week, this week, uh, when, when Barbara went into hospital for knee replacement at the Sunnybrook Orthopedic Hospital down on the Wellesley Street, her husband Rupert and other family members were there at the hospital to just remind her of their love and support and prayers. When Ronald went in for surgery, his daughter Venice and 
his wife and friend were there. When Don needed to go into the hospital, his wife Susan was there, and she's been by his side ever since. When Rose's daughter suddenly passed away, her family members and friends were there and continued to be with her. When one of our men had a bad fall, breaking several ribs, Patrick, and perhaps some others as well, was over there the next day to see him and encourage him. When her brother was hit by a car, his sister Maida and husband Peter were there to encourage him and comfort him at the hospital in his time of great pain from the injury sustained by the car hitting him. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. Amen. My friends, I'm sharing with you some truths and principles that can help prepare you, that can help prepare each one of us to have the best year of your life. So here's the summary. Be a Luke. Remember now, being a Luke, Luke symbolizes what? Loyalty, faithfulness, dependability, and devotion. Luke also symbolizes kindness and a willingness to use, to use your abilities to help people. Luke symbolizes dedication to the Lord's work. Be a Luke. Are you a Luke? Amen? Let's each one of us become even more and more of a Luke or a Lucas. Secondly, stay away from people who will cause you trouble, unnecessary problems, or will hurt you. Do you need to take some steps here? Act on it. And thirdly, give family and friends proper support during their tough times. And through it all, through it all, say, Lord, I am yours. I am yours. I surrender all that I am to you. I surrender all that I am so that I can be the best Luke I can be, so that I can be the greatest blessing I can be to people, so that I can be your instrument, O oh God, and I can give family, friends, and strangers proper support during their tough times.